This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. Well, we've been um, doing a series here on the will of God. Amen. And the will of God for our lives. And uh, the title of it is, is Discovering the Joy of God's Will. And I really, I like that title because a lot of times when we start walking with God, we have to discover that God's will is joyful. Amen? Amen. And uh, so really, uh, where you want to be in God, you want to be in the center of God's will. That's the safest place for you to be. And so um, we're... Um, in, in this installment, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about what I've went over just a little bit. We're going to recap and then we'll go in to what I want to talk to you about this morning. And so uh, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, let's look at the scripture. This is a foundational building block for walking in the will of God, Romans 1 and 2. And if we can just just focus just on just these two scriptures right here. I believe that we can walk in God's will about 99% of His will for our lives. Amen? And so, uh, have you found Romans 12, verses 1 and 2? It says, it says this way, and I know we went over this, but it's, it's good to go over it again. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And so this is the key here. If we're going to do the will of God in our lives, we have to understand this, that, that we don't belong to ourselves as Christians. We have, to, we have to understand that really when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we give ourselves to God. We give ourselves to Jesus so we don't we we relinquish our rights to do whatever we want to do with our bodies. Amen. And the reason why we do this, and you have to have a paradigm shift here, because we do this not because we're trying to win our approval with God or get in right standing with God. OK, we're not doing it for that reason. We're doing it because Jesus gave his body to us. Amen. That he did it first he became sin so that we could have right standing with God. So when we understand this, it should be natural for us to uh, give our bodies and our lives to the Lord. Amen. And so we belong to God. You know, the Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have a right to do whatever we want with our bodies. We're we're, 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 I always say it this way. We're owned twice over. One, by right of creation. And by two, when we give our lives to the Lord, we're, you know, Jesus bought us with the blood of Jesus. And so that means that, that at one time, we were under the authority and dominion over the power of darkness, over the devil. But we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into God's dear son's a kingdom of love. Amen. And so we've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. So now we're walking under the authority of God. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So, so we, we obey God. Amen. And so, and we do that because Jesus obeyed God. Amen. And so, and so we don't have the right. And I know in the world and, 
and you hear, you know, uh, you hear about even in the, uh, and I don't want to get political here, but you even hear in the world about, uh, you know, pro-life and, and, and people, you may not understand what that means, pro-life or pro-choice. And, and pro-life is a right for an individual to live. Amen? Amen. And so that's, that's pro, a pro-life stance. That should be a Christian stance. But pro-choice is, is designed for a woman to choose what she wants to do with a baby in her body. Amen. And so this is and the world would say, well, a woman has the right to choose if she wants to have a baby or get rid of a baby. This is this is this is the corrupted. This is this is um, where uh, people have a difference of opinion. If you look at it biblically, when is a person a person? And biblically, a person's person. Really, if you look in the word, the Bible says that God knew us even while we were conceived in the womb. So, it, so a person is really, I believe, and the Bible teaches at conception. But as, as you continue on, uh, there's different rules for abortion. And so when does a person really have individual rights? And I believe that person has individual rights when that person's conceived in a body of a woman. So this is the key here. Now, you may have a different opinion on this, and I'm not here to be political, but the world, they believe that they can do. And, and in a sense, if they are in the world, in a sense, they're doing whatever they want to do. But as a Christian, you're not supposed to take on the world philosophies. Amen. You're not supposed to take on the world's ways. So as a Christian, you know, even if you're a Christian and even if you got pregnant out of wedlock, you know, you should follow the example of the Bible. And have a baby. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> I, I may not be too popular. Okay. Amen. On this message, but that's the way it is. If you're a Christian. Amen. If you're a Christian. Amen. If you call yourself a Christian, a Christian. Amen. If you call yourself a God follower. If you call yourself a Christ follower. Amen. Praise God. So even this even, you know, there's even laws, natural laws that we have in America that says you're not allowed to kill yourself. You know, laws against suicide. Now, now, but but if you can, if if with our with the laws that's in place and our government making laws, they say it's okay to destroy a baby even at nine months for the convenience of the woman. Uh, then the next thing is we can, you know, uh, kill people at old age. Do you know what I'm saying? You see how this all... Should I run for election here? <laughs> My name is Pastor David Lambert and I approve this message. So anyway, so, so we, need to, we need to look at that and even uh, everything that we do as Christ followers... Even in our voting should be, does it reflect godly principles? Does it reflect God? Are we voting people in that reflect the character of God? Can I get an amen there? And we don't vote for our pocketbooks, what people are going to give us. Amen. No, we vote godly principles. Amen. And so if we get this understanding that we're not our own, that our bodies are a living sacrifice for God, then we will then we won't miss church. 
Church will be a priority in our lives. We will bring our bodies to church. Amen. Amen. And we and we will be careful in what we allow our bodies to look at, our eyes to look at. We just won't just look at what the world looks at. We we will, you know, we will make sure that we're we have some restraint in what we're receiving into our eye gates and our ear gates. Amen. And so this is the second part of it is on in in Romans 12 two it says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And and so so we got to understand this, that God's will for you is good. God's will for you is acceptable and God's will for you is perfect for you. Amen. See, see, God, God's will for me is perfect for me. I'm called to be a pastor, but but, you know, not everybody's called to be a pastor. And God's will for you is perfect for you. God may be calling you to be a teacher in the body of Christ. God may be calling you to be in the fivefold ministry. He may be calling you into business to support ministries. Amen. But whatever the call that God has for you, it's going to fit you. And it's going to be what you have always, you know, um, it's what you desire to do. And we don't know that until we start stepping up and doing some things that God wants us to do. Getting in church, getting our minds renewed. And and too many Christians are they they are. You know, they, they're in the world and they spend more time watching TV that's run by the devil. Amen. Amen. It, you know, the Bible says that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. You could say the prince of the power of the airwaves and TV goes through the airwaves. The radio goes through the airwaves. And so it's a, it's a whole philosophy on how we should think. But the Bible tells us how we should think, how we should act, what we should do. And we should allow the Bible to transform our thought life. And and we should allow the culture to change who we are. Praise God. And so this is the key. Uh, A a lot of times we we need to understand, this is number two, we we need to understand this in doing the will of God. We need to we need to uh, be more than just doing, going and having. In other words, we need to be who God called us to be. We need to be new creations in Christ. We need to be filled with the spirit of God. We, we need to be a witness and not just go witnessing. Amen. We need to be salt and light. Amen. Amen. And we need to be more in tune with being and becoming than just doing and going and having. Amen. Because when we when we get this in our in our makeup, in our system, in our thinking, then when we you see some people are waiting. Let me just say this way before they do the will of God, they're waiting for everything to be perfect in their lives before they start doing the will of God. You know, it's it, it's the will of God. And I hit on this quite often. It's the will of God to, for you to be givers. Amen. It's the will of God, I believe, for people to be tithers. But some people are waiting until they're totally out of debt before they start doing these things. Or they're waiting for a certain thing before they really start serving God or doing his will. Just do it. 
Amen. Just do it. And watch God's blessing. Don't wait until something happens before you really start serving God. Amen. Start serving God now. Amen. And so we want, we want, we want to, you know, God's will is, is perfect in being and becoming. Amen. Let me just break it down this way. We, we get saved. We receive Jesus as our Lord and, and, and Savior. And the Bible says that righteousness is imputed to us. So, so most religions will work for their salvation. In other words, in most religions, religious systems, they have to do good to get good or to get into heaven. In other words, a lot of religious systems out here um, will, will say you got to do good. And if your good outweighs your bad or if you do enough good, you make it in. And they don't really have uh, most religious systems don't really have a guarantee you'll make it to heaven. But Christianity is not based on us doing good to get to heaven. We already have heaven. That's why we do good. Do you you understand the paradigm shift? We already have God's goodness. We already have his righteousness. So we don't have to work to become righteous. But because we're righteous, we do righteous things. Is this helping somebody today? It's just a paradigm shift because what we do is even when we become, when we get when we when we become Christians and we see some do's and don'ts in the Bible, what we need to do and don't, we try to strive in the do's and don'ts. We really need just to be who God called us to be: be righteous, be holy, amen. for He is holy. Amen. Am I getting an amen? Thank you for some amens. I'm going to preach over here. I got some amens over here too. Amen. And so, and so we need to be holy as he is holy. Glory to God. And so, and so we need to look at that. So in in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says it this way, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, the reason why we do good to others and the reason why we want to bless others, even people that don't deserve to be blessed. You know, as Christians, we're called to bless and, and do good to those that don't, that, that don't deserve it or merit it towards us. You know that? We're, why do we do that? Why are we called to do good when, when there's people that are evil out here, maybe doing some wrong things? Uh, why are we doing Because Jesus did some good for us before we got there. And so if we get this thought, why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, then, then it, should, it should, in our makeup, we should be benevolent even towards sinners. It's easy to walk in love towards your brothers and sisters, I think. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Not all the time, right? But, but sometimes we get this idea, well, sinners you can look down on. No, we, we're not look, to look down on anybody, amen? If it wasn't for Christ, there goes us, amen? In other words, we would go the way, wayward way. But thank God, it's Christ that makes us different. And because Jesus paid the price, did the good things for us, now we do good for others because his goodness is in our lives. Is this helping somebody? So that, you know, it's, you know, man, it was like today, you know, the other day we were getting some things done. I was, I was in the car waiting for Yen. And um, 
she was getting something done in the store and I was sitting in the car and there was this guy that pulled his car up and he was smoking a cigarette and I had my window down. And normally I have negative thoughts because I don't want to breathe somebody's smoke. And, uh, but but my, my thought came after I, I've been, you know, I'm pastors growing. <laughs> and as I'm learning on this, I'm like, that's the precious fruit of the earth. You know, <laughs> that, that person is precious to God. Yeah. Regardless on his, you know, that nasty habit of smoking, which is a nasty habit, you know, and uh, and it does affect other people. Amen. Because secondhand smoke can kill you, too. Can I get an amen there? And uh, and so regardless of that, he still Jesus still died for that person. Regardless of the drunk, Jesus still died. Regardless of the prostitute, Jesus still died for these people. And I'm going to say this, and Jesus said this, it's the prostitutes, it's the drunkards, it's the ones that, that know that they're not that great, will make it in a kingdom before the ones that are morally upright, trying to stand on their morals to get to heaven. I'm preaching today. Because some of us don't think we need Jesus. Some of us, we're just too, we live clean lives. We're not like those people. Right? No, you know, you're measuring yourself with other people, but you need to measure yourself with Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Jesus never missed it. Jesus, Jesus, that bar is so high, you can't get to that bar without accepting Jesus. So really, I would have to say it's the moral upright people that's relying on their own morality. It's, it's called self-righteousness. They're going to split hell wide open more than the drunkards and the... Jesus said it himself because they understand that they're in a bad situation. Okay. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. And so, and so listen, we don't want to rely on our morals to get us there. That's what all religions are based on is you being morally right. And so, you know, and just because you have some morals doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. Because all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So amen. sinners need a savior. Amen. amen. So anyway, and so so this is this is the third point. God's will for our lives is to serve him with all of our hearts, no matter what is going on in our lives. Can I say that again? God's will for our lives is to serve Him no matter what, with our hearts, no matter what is going on in our lives. In other words, listen, you get saved and you're, in a, and you're working for an employer. You, you, and I'm going to talk about this, and it may not be a good employer. You still serve God with all your heart under your boss. You're saved and you're married and, you're, and your spouse is not too nice. You still serve God. Don't use that as an excuse not to serve God. Well, my husband doesn't come to church, so I'm not going to go to church. Well, is your husband going to stand with you on judgment day? No, no, don't use other people, your boss, your, your, your spouse, uh, uh, other people that's in your life that has some authority in your life as an excuse not to do the will of God. Amen. Amen? I remember that uh, Smith Wigglesworth was one of the greatest um, evangelists of, of that time and maybe of all time. He was a great evangelist. 
And uh, he, they say he, he raised over 21 people from the dead. This man walked with God. And, but you know what? Before, you know, he walked with God. At one, he walked with God in his early years. He was a plumber, and he backslidden. And he got really cold in his walk with God. But his wife was on fire for God, always going to church. And he was backslidden. And, you know, when you're a backslider and you're not really following the, the Word of God, you can make the Word of God say anything to justify your losing lifestyle. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When you're a backslider, you're not interested in doing the will of God. You're only interested in doing your will. And you can make the will. And so, and so Smith Wigglesworth, with a name like Wigglesworth, I could see why he was a little... No, I won't go there. But Wigglesworth. But anyway... Um, but he used the Bible and he said, you know, it says in the Bible that I'm the head of the household. You need to listen to me. I don't want you going to church. You've been going to church way too much. So you're not going to don't go to church anymore. And his wife says, well, you may be my husband. You may be the head of the household. The Bible says, but Jesus is my Lord. Amen. And since Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to church. Amen. And do you know that her faithfulness to God and her prayers to God turned that backsliding Smith Wigglesworth around where he became 100% sold out to God, did the will of God, and, and, and changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives to today. Amen. So regardless of where you find yourself at, even if you found yourself in prison tomorrow, that doesn't mean you stop being a Christian. You let your light shine. If they, if they arrested me and, and said, you know, you're just preaching too much truth from the Bible. I would still preach in prison and I would let my light shine in prison and I'll change the prison where I'm at. Some people that are in prisoners that are sold, they're sold out for God in prison. Unfortunately, they had to get to prison to get sold out to God, unfortunately. But some prisoners are more free than some of you out here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So God's will for our lives is to serve him no matter where we find ourselves in life. And we're not to wait until God gives us a certain blessing before we give him all. Sometimes we're just waiting. I'm just waiting on God. And as soon as God gets me what I've been believing for, then I will really serve him with all my heart. You need to serve him with all your heart now. Look at Ephesians 6, 5 and 9. It says it this way. It says, bond servants. Be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, insincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Now, this is the key scripture in, in this passage. Doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free, and your, mast, uh, and your masters do the same thing to them, giving up threatenings, knowing that your own master also in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So what is he saying here? He, you know, you break it down to the modern vernacular. Uh, you know, if you have a boss, in, in a sense, they're your leader. In, in, in a sense, you're serving them. So you serve them as you would serve God. Amen. But what if they're ungodly? You still serve them as you would serve God. You're honest. You do the, you do the right things. You know. Now, if they're ungodly and they're trying to get you to do something ungodly, like uh, 
you know, if you're a bookkeeper and, uh, and they want you to, you know, cook the books. Have you ever heard that term before? You know, cheat a little bit. You can't do that. Because you're serving God. And so serving God, sometimes, it, a lot of times, it's going to cost you. Amen. You know, people, the reason why people don't serve God all the way, because they don't want to pay the price. But when you pay the price, it does pay rich dividends. Amen. It really doesn't cost you to serve God with all your heart. It really pays to serve God with all your heart. And when you serve God with all your heart, God will vindicate you when you do the right things. Amen. Joyce Myers was working for a, uh, a person. He, she uh, and and she uh, uh, they, you know, sent in two checks, you know, and and so the, the boss said, well, just take that check in, you know, it was double payment. And she said, I can't do that. And she was risking her job to say no to her boss. But she was saying yes to Jesus. He, she didn't get fired over that. But some people can, can even get fired. But if you do get fired over doing what's right, God will raise you up. He'll give you a better job. Amen. Thank you for that. Yes, he will. Amen. He will. Amen. God will make it right. Praise God. God will make it right. In Colossians three seventeen, it says it this way. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. So, so whatever we do, we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what Jesus said. Whatever you've done to the least of these brethren, you've done unto me. Now, here's a great illustration. And I love stories. And, and here's a great illustration of of presenting our bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, as not being conformed to the system of the world. And this is in the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar besieged Jerusalem and stripped the royal palace of his treasures and, and captured uh, the young men and brought them in to his court to train the young men. And, and what he did was he picked all the... Uh, the brightest and the sharpest and the, and the most handsome young men to train to serve in his courts. Amen. That's God kind of do, does that with pastors. He looks for the. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, um, you know, God can use anybody. Praise God. That's what's so awesome about God. And so but but the, the world always picks the brightest and the smartest and, and the brightest and the smartest and the most talented. You know, they rise to the top. Praise God. But God can use somebody that doesn't have much talent, not that bright. He can put their anoint, his anointing on you and he can make you rise to the top. Amen. Do you believe that today? You don't have to have all these talents. Amen. But here, that's the way the world works. When they recruit, they're looking for the top notch. Amen. And they're looking for that. And so, so, so these kids were brought in and they were good looking. And so they had, you know, the Hebrews had dietary dietary laws and they had certain things that they weren't supposed to eat. They weren't supposed to eat pork and things of that nature. And, and so um, uh, Daniel and his three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made a pact with one another that they were not going to eat the king's royal food, which probably, probably was, you know, bacon <laughs> and ham. And, uh, and they weren't going to, you know, drink the king's wine. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? And they and they talked to the person that was in charge, the, the, and he was a eunuch, and he was in charge of, of really training these men 
to be, you know, advisors for the king, to be people that could help the king make right decisions. And so they, you know, asked the eunuch if they could just abstain from eating the king. And the eunuch said, listen, you know, if they don't look as good as the others, you know, if, they're, if they look sickly and all that, it could be off of the eunuch's head. But they said, test them for 10 days and see how they looked. And they just ate vegetables, drank water, and they looked as good or better than all the others. And they were allowed to keep their customs. And really, they were allowed to stay true to their God. And I'm going to say this to you today. They didn't compromise what uh, they didn't compromise anything that they, they, they didn't compromise their eating. They didn't compromise what was going into their bodies. And so and I want to say this. When we endeavor to do God's will without compromise, there's always going to be a reward. Can I say that again? When we endeavor, see, see, the world is about compromise. You know, you know, you know, well, everybody else is doing it. Well, you're not everybody else. If you if you want the blessings of God on your life. Now, if you want to live an average, ordinary life, a humdrum average with no real true blessings of God in your life. Well, compromise, live a little bit world, you know, but but if you don't, if you if you refuse to what you compromise to keep, you will lose. What you compromise to get, you'll eventually lose. And so we live in a world where compromise is okay, but it's not okay if you want the best that God has for you. If you want to walk in the true will of God. Amen? And so, so here, the, the reward for serving God uh, the, and not compromising their convictions is revealed in this passage in Daniel. In Daniel 1, 19, 20, it says it this way. Then the king interviewed them, and among them, talking about, he, he interviewed the, the, the young men that were being trained to, to be in service in his court. It says the king interviewed them, and among them, and also the, 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 uh, Daniel and, and his three Hebrew friends, it says among them, none were found like Daniel, Hezaniah, Michelle, and Azariah. This was their real names. Therefore, they served before the king in all matters of wisdom, understanding, about which the king examined them. And this is the key here. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Think about this. What God did was God placed his grace and his anointing on these Hebrew Kids that were raised up to be counselors to the king, and he made them ten times greater, ten times uh, wiser than the world. And see, we can stand on that. When we don't compromise and we endeavor to do the will of God, God will make us ten times wiser than the world. Can I get an amen in here? See, the reason why we're not seeing the the fullness of God's blessings in our lives, the reason why is because we have character issues. And until we get our character right in some areas, God can't really bless us. Can I get an amen here? See, God's waiting for our character. See, it's more than just the gift. The gift can take you some places, but the character will keep you in some places. See, you can have you can have a gift that can you can be a shooting star Christian and you can shoot up there real high and you can fall down. Amen. You know, there's there's leaders in the body of Christ that went very high and then they went down. 
Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? There's what I call shooting star Christians. Amen. And so we don't want to be shooting star. We want to be like the sun. We want to be solid. We want to keep going. We don't want to compromise. Amen. So here's the key. When we serve God with all of our hearts, even in places that may be worldly or opposed to godliness, we, and we don't compromise our Christian witness, God will uh, put his grace on us, make us ten times better, more effective in our, uh, than our peers, this will bring us promotion and blessing from God. How many people want to be promoted? Amen. How many people want to be blessed in what they do? Amen. And so this will do that. And this is interesting because in the story, in the book of Daniel, you'll find there was a, in the second chapter, there was a problem. The king had a dream and, uh, and the dream was so baffling and it bothered him. He wanted the wise men to interpret his dream. But the main problem about this was the, the wise men said, well, and Daniel and his three friends was part of the group. Uh, he, he wanted the wise men to tell him what the dream, what he dreamed and what it meant. In other words, he was asking them to tell him what he dreamed. And the wise men there said, nobody can tell you that but God himself. But thank God, God can raise people up like each one of us. And you're being raised up to be a person that fixes things. You are a solution person. You are a person. We're called by God to to fix things, to be problem solvers. Say, I'm a problem solver. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a problem maker. No, no, you're a you're you're I'm sorry. You're not a problem maker. You're a problem solver. Amen. Amen. And so, and so we're a problem solver. So, so Daniel prayed to God and God revealed to Daniel the dream of the king, revealed what the, what the king dreamt and gave him the interpretation. Because, because Daniel had an excellent spirit as long as, and with his three Hebrew brothers and he had an excellent spirit. He was a man of character and God was endowed him with a gift to do this. And what happened? The king promoted him. Amen. The king promoted him. So listen, when you keep your character, it may cost you something. When, when, all, when some of the other people realize that Daniel was rising to some success, you know, people will get jealous of you. And they were trying to find a way to get Daniel out of the picture. Some of his peers. And so what did they do? They set up a decree about prayer that, that, that you could not pray to any other God but the, but the God of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so what did Daniel do? He, the Bible said he opened his windows. He prayed three times a day and he didn't change what he was doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Regardless of what it was going to cost him. Listen, it's going to cost you to serve God. It's going to cost you. It may cost you some things, but in the end, it will pay rich dividends. Some people are willing to sacrifice for God, but the sacrifice is worth it. You know, the, the greatest blessing is always on the altar of sacrifice. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And if we're not willing to sacrifice anything for God, then we won't see the rich blessings in our lives like we need to see. Can I get an amen? amen. 
And so what happened? So, so, so there was a decree that he, that you couldn't pray, but he prayed. And guess what? Daniel got thrown in to the lion's den, but the lions became pillows for him. And God was with them in the lion's den. And this is the key here about honoring those that are ungodly. Because when Daniel was down there in the pit with the lions and the king was nervous about it, uh, the king couldn't even sleep all night because it was a decree he made. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't keep that decree from, uh, he couldn't stop that decree. Once a decree is made in that kingdom, you can't stop it. Once it's written and it's said, it's done. And so when he, the next morning, the, the king said, Daniel, are you there? And Daniel says, oh, oh, king, live forever. I am here. He gave the king still honor while he was in the pit. Think about that. He still honored the king while the king threw him in a den of lions. His attitude was still right. Is your attitude still right with your boss when your boss is not doing you right? Is your attitude still right with even the pastor when I say something that you don't agree with? I hope I have a church here next week. But anyway... Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like most most pastors, they they it's 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 terrible. But there's a lot of pastors in America that's afraid to speak the truth. Amen. Why? Because they don't want to lose any members. Right. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yes. They don't want to listen. I'm not a man pleaser. I'm a God pleaser. Thank you, Lord. And if I, if I speak the truth and all you leave, God can send a millionaire in here to take care of me. Hallelujah. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And all you might just go to hell then. You know what? <laughs> you leave this church. No, I'm kidding. But are you hear what I'm saying to you? Pastor, that wasn't right. But anyway. But don't you feel that way? Well, listen, listen, if you ever dated somebody and they said, well, listen, uh, or you, you ask somebody out and they say, listen, I don't think so. Forget about them. They're not good enough for you. Don't let somebody that's rejecting you to define who you are. They just don't know who you are. They don't know what they don't know what's in front of them. You know what I'm saying? When I asked somebody and when I was single and I asked somebody out and they, they were just playing games, I'd say, forget about you. You can't see the qualifications. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Don't we get like that? God's will. Let's go with the next point here before I get in trouble. <laughs> Let me just say this: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were they were doing good, and they and the king made up a big statue. You had to bow to that statue, and they said, "We we will not bow. We'll burn before we bow." And guess what? You know, they said, even if, you know, and then the king said, well, if you don't bow, you're going into a fiery furnace. And they said, even if God doesn't deliver us, we still won't bow. And so, or from the fiery furnace, you know, God did deliver them through the fiery furnace. And I'm going to say this, God may not deliver you out of every fiery furnace, but he will deliver you through the fiery furnace. And when the king threw the three Hebrew kids that, that, that would not compromise, that would not bow. Think about this. They were, they were out of their nation. They were under an ungodly nation. Think about this. They were, they were in a place where they could have got away with drinking the wine and, and eating bacon. 
Or here it was. They were, they, they, they were in a place where they could have said, well, you know, under the circumstances. And that's the way we play it. Well, under the circumstances, you know. I am at a party in the Bible and, and they are serving drinks and I know it's a Christmas party and I'm a Christian, but the Bible does say don't, don't, you know, drink what, you know, eat whatever they put before you. So give me some Jack Daniels. More, you bring it on. Amen. And so listen, no, no, we're supposed to be light and salt to a dark generation. To, for a, to a perverse generation. We're supposed to stand out. I remember when I first became a Christian, man, man, the time's gone. I I became a Christian and I was sold out to God and I was working. And this other guy was a Christian too. He professed to be a Christian, but he was one of the Christians that wanted to all, he wanted all the worldly people to love him. And so, you know, he would compromise. He would come in. And I remember somebody was leaving. He brought, he brought in all the beer. The Christian brought in all the beer. And I looked at this and I said, what kind of Christian is this guy? And the Bible says this, listen, if the, listen, if, if, if the world loves you and they're not saying anything bad about you, then I don't know if you're in the perfect will of God. Amen. If you're getting along with the world and the world has nothing to say bad about you, then, you know, then you might need to check your salvation card. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so he brought in the beer and all that. And I'm the good Christian. And I said, I'm not partaking of that. You know, and, and I was the one that was out of it. You know, I was the one. Oh, look, at he's the he, he thinks he's better. No, I, no, I was redeemed from that stuff. I came from the party world. I'm not going back into the party world. Can I get an amen, amen. to some of you that might be drawn back in that place? Listen, that party world will end very quick. Amen. amen. Sin for a season is pleasurable, but it will end in death. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So so here, listen, we need to seek God. Uh, will in, in all things. God's will is that we seek Him in all things. And let, let me just say it this way. You know, if you're getting up in the morning and you're getting dressed, you don't need to pray for two hours on what to wear. Amen. Just wear clothes. <laughs> Try to match. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If, if, you're, if you don't know really what to wear, men, ask your wives. They will help you get dressed. Are you? Man, can I get an amen on here? I know one pastor says, my wife dresses me. He's colorblind. My wife, how do I look? Well, you look like crap. Well, then blame my wife. No. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? So, so listen, man, if you don't know, you know, let your wife be the Holy Spirit. But actually what I'm saying is we want God to be in everything, but we don't want to, we don't want to get weird about this. Should we pray about where to eat? You know, we don't want to get weird about this. You know, there, God gives us, God gives us, um, he gives us room, amen, to choose, amen, as long as it's not sin. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, so God's will in our lives um, uh, is, is really, it's in Matthew 6, It says here, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What that means is, is that, that God, that, that we, it's not saying, you know, um, for us not to make plans, but it's saying to get God in every situation in our lives. Amen? It says that God needs to be connected in the decisions that we make from day to day. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, It goes like with the first part of the Lord's Prayer. The first part of the Lord's Prayer says this way. This is in the caption of putting God in all things. Amen? 
Uh, the first part of the Lord's Prayer is, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it exalts, it exalts God. We should exalt God in our lives. God needs to be center. He needs to be exalted. Then it says, um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So, so listen, the kingdom of God is always connected to the will of God in our lives. Amen. Can I say that again? The kingdom of God is always connected to the will of God in our lives. We can't, you know, we can't dismiss the kingdom of God from the will of God. It's, it's eternally connected. Because what we do down here is going to affect what we receive up there. Can I get an amen there? So there is a connection to the will of God in our lives. God is to be exalted and God's will is to be uh, kingdom minded in our lives. Amen. God, let's look at this. Jeremiah 29, 11, 13 says it this way. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go pray to me and when and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search with me with all of your heart. OK, so here this is this is really good. This is this is Jeremiah. This is God speaking to Jeremiah, but he's speaking to us, too. He's saying that God's thoughts for us is always good and never evil. So we got to get we got to get an understanding here that people will always devalue you. People will always, you know, a lot of people will judge us by by our race, creed, our color, or if we have if we have an education or if we don't have an education, if we're are you hear what I'm saying to you today? But God doesn't look at us that way. Are you hear what I'm saying? He doesn't he doesn't define us like that. Amen. God defines us by what he did for us through Jesus and he def- and he calls us he calls us who we are. We're new creations in Christ. Amen. We're ambassadors of God. We're a royal priesthood. Amen. You're royalty today. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if you're flat broke, you're still royalty. Amen. It doesn't matter if you have an education, you're still royalty. Amen. Can I get an amen? It doesn't matter, you know, what race you're from. You're still royalty in God. Don't allow your race to determine how you walk with God. Don't allow, you know, your education to determine how you walk with God. Don't allow these things to determine who you are. Don't use these things as excuses not to walk with God. Too many people are using their life and who they, who they think they are. No, you who is who God says that you are. You're not labeled by the world. You don't receive labels by the world. You receive who God says that you are. Can I get an amen here? God defines us. So let's bring some balance. I'm trying to wrap it up here. Let's bring some balance here. Because sometimes in, in our culture and the way we think... We think because we're under grace, and we hear a lot of grace teaching today, and I love grace, that under grace we think we can do whatever we want to do, that we have so much, um, so much leadway that, uh, that it doesn't matter. No, no, there is a balance in the will of God. And we've got to make sure that God's word is his will. And it says here in James, and this is pretty heavy, this is pretty strong, 
This is James speaking. He says, come now. This is James 4, 13 through 17. Come now, you who say today and tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him who is sin. So what, what is James saying? James saying, he's not saying this. He's not saying that we shouldn't make plans to do things to maybe start a business or whatever. But what he is saying is that you need to get God in your plans. That you don't need to go half cocked to do something without praying and really, especially if it's something big. If it's leaving the church, for instance, and you're, you're in the church, you really need to seek God in that. Amen. Moving out of the area, you need to seek God in that. Well, they, well, I got a promotion. Now, there's more money down the street. Do we follow money or do we follow God? Amen. Some people say, well, it's got to be God's blessings. Money is God's blessings. Yeah, but that may not be God. Amen. No, God will promote you and where he's calling you. But 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 we don't want to run after money as being a guise as the will of God. Amen. Amen. So it's not wrong to make plans. But what's wrong is if we don't include God in our plans. I like what it says in Psalms 127. One, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who builds it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. What does that mean? Listen, we can do some things in our own ability, even some things that seemingly sound good for God. But if God's not in it, then it's not going to amount to anything on the day of judgment. Because I hope you're not living this life just for the here and now and what you can get here and now. I hope you're living this life eternally and, and, and standing before the judgment seat of Christ. And when God's going to look at you and he's going to judge you for what you've done down here in the body. Amen. The Bible actually says that. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Pastor, I thought my sins were washed in the sea of forgetfulness. I thought God doesn't remember my sins. Yes and no. Amen. Yes, when we repent and we renounce our sins, they're thrown in. But there's things that we're doing that we're not even realizing that they're sin. We're out of the will of God and we're going to be held accountable for those things. Oh, say, oh, me, oh, my. So make sure that God's in it. You know, it says it this way. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work. And what sort it is. If anyone's work which has been built on endures, he will receive a reward. If, anyone is, uh, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. What is this saying here? Well, this saying is really that we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to do what we, to be uh, judged in what we do in this body, whether bad or good. And so, and really, it's basically, are we going to be judging what, if we've done the will of God? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we're going to be judged on that. And listen, if you're called, if God's calling you to be a minister, and you're doing something secular, and you do that secular thing, but you're called to be a minister, you're going to be judged for that, for not becoming a minister. 
See, listen, I love business. And I could have said, I don't want to be a pastor. It's a lot of work. I got to look at the same faces every week. I got, I got to have some criticism every once in a while. Not everybody, you know, believes what I preach, you know, and uh, I don't get a lot of pat on the backs. And sheep bite. <laughs> or you hear what I'm saying? Sheep bite. They bite. Amen. And then, some, then there's some wolves in, in the church. And they try to devour. Amen. And put the light out of the candle out of the pastor. Amen. And they're whisperers. Don't be a whisperer. Amen. And so cheap bite. And so, and so I could have I went business. But, and I could probably be very successful in business. And I could probably have a pretty decent life in the business world. But you know what? I will be judged for not doing the call of God down here. Even if I get people saved, even if I get bunches of money to the church, even if I help raise up missions and do all this, I will still be judged for the call that God has placed on my life. And you're going to be judged for that. If you don't do what God's calling you to and move into those things, you will be eventually judged for that. So I am raising up ministers. Amen. (laughs) Say amen on that. And how we raise up ministers in here. Listen. Some of you, I love you guys. Some of you are, are long-term visitors. And I love my long-term visitors. You guys are awesome. But, you know, some of you need to just bust a move and join the church. Right. Lord. Oh, boy. Yes, Lord. Amen. Can I get... Amen. Yes, Lord. Somebody say yes. <laughs> just say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your ways. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. See, sometimes it's, man, that person, you know, you might be the person that hadn't joined church. That pastor's trying to control me. I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to set you free from yourself. Because you're bound up in, in you. You got you too much on your mind. Amen. It's the false trinity, me, myself, and I. So if you've been a long-term visitor, join the church. Amen. Be a part of, you know, you are already a part of church. We already consider you a part of church. You're, you're not a, you know, a low-level uh, person. And, you know, we, I still love you just the same. But join the church. Get moving. Amen. Then, then get involved in the church. Amen. See, oh, but that's sacrifice. Isn't everybody supposed to serve me? No, it's about time you start serving others. I hope I have a church here next week. But. Thank God for my dream team. Where's my dream team at? God, my, thank God, man. I couldn't imagine me getting up at 630 trying to set this place up myself. I would have probably have to get up at five. Man, I got, I mean, I'm still sleeping. The alarm, and I was thinking this morning when the alarm was going off at 730, I was th- and I woke up, I thought, I wonder how my dream team people are doing. They were up at seven. Some of you, the guys that sleep in the 830 and get here at, and, and get here at 1030, 30 minutes late. You know, we got people getting here at seven o'clock, sacrificing their lives for, 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 for the church and for you and for all those that are coming in. But you know what? I never hear too much complaints from, well, maybe some complaints, but I never hear too much complaints from the dream team. Why? Because God downloads his joy, his peace. I'm telling you, they, they are involved. They, they have purpose. And when we're living our life just for ourselves and we have no eternal purpose, I'm telling you, we're going to be sad, miserable Christians. And I don't want to 
want to be a sad, miserable Christian. I don't want to just be living this life just for myself. I don't want to just be living my life for what I can get out of it. No, we need to move from that paradox, from that, from that realm of thinking. We need to have a paradigm shift. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about Jesus. We're here for Jesus. You're not here for yourself. You're here to live your life for Jesus. Your life is not your own. Your life is hid in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And when your life becomes hid in Christ, I'm telling you, you will never have a down day. You'll walk with purpose. You'll know who you are. You'll start expanding the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, we will, you will start drawing people into the kingdom. We'll wrap this thing up and Jesus will be here sooner than you think. Jesus is coming back, people. The signs of the times are here. Earthquakes and storms and all that. These are signs that Jesus is coming back. Get in place. Get ready for Jesus' return. Make sure you're found doing the work of the ministry. Amen. Jesus, the Bible says, when Jesus comes back, will he find faith in the earth? But if you study out, will he find faithful people serving him? I'm going to stay faithful to God. And you're going to stay faithful to God. Because it's more than just you. Everything we do affects our families, affects our neighborhoods, affects our community, affects affects this nation. Everything that we do or we don't do will affect the outcome of heaven. Whether heaven will be filled with people or heaven will just have a small number of people. And God wants his heaven filled. He wants wants his church filled with people. And all we have to do is just step out. Just repent. What does repent mean? Turn from doing our own thing. Turn from putting ourselves on our throne of our heart. And put Jesus as king of our hearts. Jesus needs to stay on the throne. Don't throw Jesus under the bus. (laughs) Jesus is the pilot. You're the co-pilot. Amen. Listen, when I threw Jesus under the bus, my life went down. Then I figured out, listen, you're going to smarten up when, when you realize this, that God's smarter than you. Amen. And, when you and that's getting humble. That's getting humble. And God always exalts the humble. But the prideful will always go down. Amen. Did you get something out of this? Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we just thank you, Father God, for your, for your awesomeness, for your goodness, for your mercy. And I thank you, Father God, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I thank you, Father God, that you've given each one of us purpose. That we have purpose down here. as more than just for us to prosper personally. And I thank you, Father God, that you want to allow us to be a blessing in this world. And I thank you, Father God, for those that are in here this morning. Maybe they have taken the position of exaltation in their hearts. Maybe they're number one. And, and, and maybe they realizing today that they need to change and make Jesus number one. Maybe you're watching online and you know you haven't been living your life for, for God. You've been living it for yourself. Maybe you have never received Jesus as your personal Savior. I'm telling you, just, you, need, you need to either, if you're 
had never received Jesus, you need to put Jesus in your equation by receiving him. Or if you have received him, you need to turn back to him. And you can do that just by saying a prayer. So I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you're ready to do that, just say, dear God, I believe Jesus. You died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.